The following is a Mission Studios podcast. This is the missionary position, and we are... Off-color. Politically incorrect. Abrasive. Offensive. Insensitive. Obnoxious. And sometimes stuck in the fuck you mode. Praise Jesus, it's Sunday. (laughs) It's April 22nd. And I spent the last week in my own private Idaho. I'm Jason. And I'm AC. And on this week's episode... We come out of the closet. We expose ourselves. We fight the good fight. We work hard. We play hard. Sleep up. Turn off the lights. Lay down. And get ready for some anal canoe races. Anal canoe races? I'm down. This is episode 11. So, I, I was thinking today about, like, how farts are funny, <laughs> and how seeing somebody kicked in the nads is funny, and, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of things that are that are funny. They're just, like, fucking immature, stupid, funny shit. Yep. And um, it, it got me to thinking, you know, like, we, we know how to be childish, and... So saying we know we know how to pull the sticks out of our asses for certain little pockets of of immaturity, but for the most part, seriously, <laughs> I had to get it out of my way. Sorry, but but for the most part, it's it's almost like we've been conditioned to think that like being uptight and being grown up for whatever idiotic fucking reason necessarily go hand in hand. Right, and. I'm sort of wondering if maybe that's not the case. Well, of course that's not the case. You know, well, but like I mean... society has pushed us there, but that's not actually the case. You know, and what really drove the point home for me was, like, when I was driving from one job to the to the next, I saw a bunch of kids playing on the playground. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, like, y- you look at them. They've got not a fucking care in the world while they're on that fucking playground, right? They're mm-hmm. just... They're running, they're laughing, they're screaming, they're climbing, they're just like making up shit as they go along. They're falling down, hurting themselves, crying for three seconds and getting right back up into the fun. Yeah, like everything that fucking goes around along with um, just playing and whatever. And at what point do we as adults afford ourselves that same sort of carefree sort of, um, that carefree sort of fucking experience where we just like go out without a task in mind, without like a specific activity in mind and just go and fucking run and scream and play and be fucking stupid and energetic and whatever the fuck else that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if you and me were going to say, okay, let's go down to the fucking park on Saturday afternoon. Okay. I know how I'm preparing for that trip. I'm gonna grab a couple of chairs, maybe a cooler full of beer. You know, a frisbee that I have no intention of throwing, but have to pack in just so I don't look like a <laughs> fucking sack of shit sitting in my goddamn chair. Well, me, I'd bring some reinforced chain in case I wanted to take use a swing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you make jokes about bringing the reinforced chain, but I mean, how many fucking people in our age group are actually just going to say, sweet, a fucking swing set, and we can't wait to get our asses on there? Mm-hmm. You know, we might get on there and sort of take like a, a shy little swing, you know, but we're not giving ourselves to the experience. It's not like we're swinging like our fucking lives depend on it. Right. And and how nice would that be? Oh, that would be awesome. But 
a lot of us get caught up in that, well, you know, it's for kids and we're going to be judged and um, should I really do this? And, um, uh, well, I'm kind of, no, I'm gonna, no, I'm too grown up for that. I can't do it. But what I'm wondering is where does all this shit come from? Where does that idea come from? <laughs> Conditioning. You have to handle your responsibility as part of growing up. After you're seven years old, you kind of, you know, kicked in the ass and said, no, 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 grow up. Don't do those immature things. Grow up. You're eight. You act eight. You're 13. Act 13. You're 16. Act 13, 16. Oh, you're 19. You're an adult now. Well, now you've got to grow up. Quit doing that Im- immature shit. But, like, what's the value in that? that? That's the part I can't wrap my head around because I know I'm guilty of saying this shit to my kids. Like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, you know, like... You know, even if I don't say it, maybe I'm just thinking it. Right. You know, like your your stepdaughter, she's in 13. 13. Yep. And a, a few weeks ago, she had her, her knee wrapped up because she hurt herself playing on the playground. My knee-jerk response to that was, what the fuck is she doing on the playground at 13 fucking years old? Mm-hmm. But I've since really beat myself up for reacting that way because, like, why the fuck shouldn't she be playing on a goddamn playground at 13 years old? Right. In fact, the real question is, why am I not sporting a similar injury from playing on the playground at 45 years old? I don't remember ever having a bad time on the playground. Nope. I also don't remember, like, when was the last time I played on one and, you know, not not counting spending time at the park with my kids. Mm -hmm. When was the last time I saw monkey bars and fucking had to go at them? (laughs) You know, and... I, I miss that part of life. I remember the last time I personally was on a swing. Was it a sex swing? My little guy was eight years old, and we had gone to the park up by the gas station here. Okay. And some teenager was on a swing, and he jumped off. And, of course, every dad wants to be his little boy's hero. And he no, said, he didn't. Dad! How high can you go? And I said, oh, I can go way up there. He said, do it, Dad. And, of course, being an idiot, I did it. (laughs) I went so high, and I landed so hard on my ankle, I broke it. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. It's a good thing we were within three blocks of the hospital, because we walked to the hospital. On a broken ankle. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) He was just tall enough that I could use him like a a cane kind of thing. (laughs) Put your head in my armpit, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. He was so good about it. But... He was all, holy, you went really high. Man, did it feel like you were flying? Holy. And it was such an amazing feeling. I was being immature with my boy, and he was giving me credit for it. So the fucking so kids now, are smart enough to see the value in this shit. Looking back on it now, from our, our our earlier conversation about this, if kids can see the value in this, why can't we? How did we get so stupid? Yeah, what age were we when our hearts got fucking removed in our imagination? I was 31. Yeah, you too. <laughs> I was 29. Birth of my first child. Emotions, <laughs> gone. But yeah, you know, and, and we should really do that. We should put out a public challenge. Make a video. Put it on YouTube. Show somebody you playing on a park. Send it on your Snapchat. Whatever it is you use, send a video of you playing on a park. Let's get something started here. This sounds really cool. And not while well fucking drunk or high either. Just do it because... Just do it because it's about time we all started having fun. Maybe if we took 10 minutes and had fun every day, it'd be a lot easier to deal with everybody else. What's the thing? I mean, we'll go fucking run on a treadmill while staring at a fucking iPad, zoning out and like just exercising because, you know, you need to exercise. You've been sitting on your fat ass all fucking day. Mm-hmm. 
we'll go to counseling to talk about our feelings because we got so much time to think about this shit while we're sitting on our fat asses not exercising. <laughs> you know, how much therapeutic value would there be in just letting loose for a little while every day? You know, I was just thinking, can you imagine how good it would feel? Like, okay, I've got a bad hip going on now and it's starting to become What are you, an like issue. fucking 90? And almost. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not chronologically, but physically, I'm like 89. Well, you're only as old as you um, feel, apparently. Yeah. Well, okay. I should have been dead three years ago. I, didn't I apologize for that. <laughs> but I would feel so much better about having a, my hip feel bad because I did something on the playground with whoever. Earn the fucking pain. Yeah. Rather than just, okay, you know what? Like, I walked up and down the stairs 16 times today and my hip is fucking killing me. <laughs> well, that's the worst. When you pull a fucking hamstring going to grab a beer out of the fridge. Right? This is like old people injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like we're going to avoid the aches and pains. We may as well just have some fun getting the aches and pains. And, and we'll be in better shape. No shit. Well, and that's sort of where I was going with this, right? I mean, there's therapeutic value in just cutting loose and playing and having fun and being like a dumbass. Right. But the, the physical end of things, too. I mean, when you're just, like, running for the sake of running and, like, you know, playing a game of tag or hide-and-go-seek or you're on the swings or the monkey bars, all this other shit, it doesn't feel like exercise because there's fun involved. That's probably mm-hmm. why, like, kids have such an easier time staying and, and, and being fit. But as adults, like, we, we, we have to take such a grown-up approach to everything. Well, i got to buy a gym membership. You know, i got to <laughs> count my fucking carbs and leave. I don't know. It's it's fucking stupid. It doesn't need to be this complicated. Kids, they don't complicate shit, and their lives are pretty fucking awesome. Right. I'm I'm sick and tired of of having to tell the joke. You know, people say, oh, you know, you should exercise more. You should get in shape. And I'm always well. I've I I am in shape. Just that shape I happened to choose was round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as as funny as it is in most pa- in most situations, I'm really sick and tired of it. Actually, you know, I don't need a six pack. I've got a keg. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fat people jokes. Here, pull on the spout. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say thanks for the offer, but no thanks. <laughs> Call oh, yeah, me we'll later. Here, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that that sort of, like, carefree whatever approach to the, the playground or the park, I mean, like, I'm wondering if maybe that would spill over into other areas of life or maybe we wouldn't be so fucking uptight over situations well we'd probably want to do more if we're having fun with it we would be active we would be in the playground doing whatever it is we're doing having fun but then i think this and and of course it's an assumption because i obviously haven't done it yet we are experts in the field (laughs) (laughs) it would add a joyful viewpoint to pretty much anything else we've done because we had fun that day so our spirits are lifted and everything else we're doing is just fun. You know what? We we, we issued the challenge. Let's, uh, why don't we just uh, lead by example on this one? How about like the, the next fucking nice day when we're together? Let's just go down to the playground. We'll we'll get your girlfriend to take some pictures or video of us. We'll just go and fucking do whatever the fuck comes naturally in the park. No, I'm not having sex with you again. Well, not in the park anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but you can't use the monkey bars. Even on your knees, you're taller than the fucking monkey bars, dude. <laughs> yeah. I know, I've hung with from them. They're, they're going to see us fucking walk into the park, and somebody's calling the cops right away. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. We'll have fun running away from them. <laughs> okay, well, this challenge is for everybody else, not for us. 
No, I'll do it. Absolutely. I well, will. you're too fat for the swing and I'm too tall for the monkey bar. So where does that leave Oh, us? no, I'll go on the swing and I'll do the jump off the swing. Absolutely, oh, I will. You know what would be fun? What? Your girlfriend's pretty small. Why don't we get her on one side of the teeter-totter and you and I will go on the other side and we won't let her down? <laughs> <laughs> I can do that by myself. I just need my right foot. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I used to love doing that to my little sister. She'd be crying, and every time she'd start to climb down a little bit, I'd just sort of like let her down slightly just to keep yep. her off balance and all fucked up. I, I used to love doing, you don't actually lift up, you just kind of jump, and yeah. you bump the other person, like, and they fall forward off the teeter <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, this is supposed to be an inspirational show. Hold on. Hold no, on. but it is. <laughs> because even as far as, like, okay, we're talking about like having fun, getting exercise, blah, blah, blah. What if what you like in life is just being a dick? The playground is a perfect forum for that. You can be a bully. You can be a victim. You can be a leader. You can be a follower. You can fucking, like, build a sandcastle. You can kick over somebody's sandcastle. The opportunities are fucking limitless. I'm not promoting that shit. I am. No matter what kind of piece of shit you are, you can have fun with it at the playground as an adult. And then we can have fun punching the shit out of them for being dicks to look at. I'm not saying to little kids. I'm talking like if we're going as a bunch of adults to the park, the social dynamic doesn't change just because we're all 40-something. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Not not to say that kicking over a kid's sandcastle wouldn't be super easy because what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah, no, you'd lose. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Those little fuckers are wily and they bite. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. Okay, so the challenge is out there. If you If you do post a video to YouTube or something... Put a link on our on our on our Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see this shit. Let's see everybody, all the adults, having some fun and getting out there and getting groovy and shit. That'd be awesome. My prediction: not a single listener will get their fat ass off the couch and accept the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm hoping for the other. I'm hoping they do. That'd be awesome. Wants to make a per episode donation? Visit www.patreon.com/missionarypod. I was thinking about something. I don't know. It's just something that's always plagued me and, and something actually I wanted to talk about coming out. And it's not like I'm not talking only like the homosexual or LGBTQ community, like whether it's religion or... Do you like pineapples on a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Anybody who doesn't is, is out of their mind, so... Yes, because pineapples do belong on pizza. Absolutely. There. I'm out. There you go. <laughs> about time. I, I, I'm guessing you were thinking something a little bit more meaningful than pineapples, though. Well, I guess. <laughs> well, maybe pineapples are meaningful, okay? Because like, there's one of those things where, okay, so, yeah, it's it's a little bit uh, frowned upon, I guess, these days to say I like pineapples on a pizza. Okay, yeah. And the reason is because you, you, you put shit like that out there. There's like a personal opinion that goes against the popular opinion. Mm-hmm. and people jump down your throat over this shit. They want to mock you. They want to whatever. And a lot of people are just like, well, you know, I'm not going to get in, the, in a fight over my opinion of a pizza, so I'll just hold it to myself. Mm-hmm. We hold back on these little things, and we shit on people on these little things. 
and big things. It's it's a mixture. Well, that's sort of what I was leading into it, though. I mean, if we're going to get hung up on these little things, how much more so do we get hung up on the big things? Well, my big question is, why can't people just accept people for being who they are? Why do these ridiculous situations have to come up? Why do people have to fake themselves? Why can't people just say, oh, you know what? Oh, okay, that's not the way I believe, but whatever. Well, it's the thing. It, not, not just what you think, what you believe, what you feel, but also who you are. Mm-hmm. And... I think that in in recent years, we've gotten a a lot better at dealing with the who you are aspect of things. Right. But there's so many more elements that define what we're all about, Mm -hmm. right? Following political leaders because the parents did, or following a certain religion because the parents did. Maybe you believe in a different religion. Maybe you don't believe in any kind of a religion. Well, I, I don't know if it's like entirely about like what you follow, but I mean, say like I'm talking your personal belief systems. Period. Whether it's a following or or sexual orientation or or brand of ice cream you like or cereal or whatever, so many people have to hide so many elements of themselves. Oh, you're talking about the hiding, not the holding of the beliefs. Correct. Yeah, so I mean, if you're in like a really conservative political household and you say, "Well, actually, I'm a bleeding heart liberal." Um, there would definitely be some stern looks at the very least, maybe some arguments and insults hurled mm-hmm. across the table at Easter dinner or whatever the fuck. Right. Or even something to the to the nth degree on the other end where, well, I guess it's not that far away, where it's like somebody in a KKK family doesn't hate and wants to find a way out, but they can't because they know what the family's all about. <laughs> so I guess really, if you perceive that whatever your deal is goes against the grain in your immediate circle, you are naturally inclined just to hold back to a certain degree or completely right out of fear of repercussion or 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 abandonment or being cast out of your family or yeah there's a lot of that sort of shit going around you know i was i was was talking to an individual in my life recently and they were telling me they were sort of struggling with their own sexuality Mm mm-hmm and it was a case of, well, you know, my immediate family, they're sort of like backward thinking, old timey homophobes. Mm-hmm. Now, we all have a few of those kind of friends. Sure. And this person was saying, like, I feel like I can't be myself. I've, I've got to hide this like thing about me that is central to like who I am from the people who claim to love me. Mm-hmm. And it's so difficult when you're surrounded by people who claim to love you. And it's all so fragile because you realize that the, this person that they love isn't the, the person that is real. Right. And, you know, it, it got me to thinking, like, how painful must this be to go through day in and day out thinking, okay, well, I can't let people know that I'm gay. And that sort of sort of it, it sparked a whole lot of thinking on my part because I'm thinking, you know what, I, I can understand what that's like because there's mm-hmm. things about myself that I'm afraid to put out there right. because I don't know how the people in my inner circle are going to respond. Right. And I would imagine that everybody is got something like that on some level. Like, oh, yeah. I guess that sort of ties into what you're saying about like coming out of the closet or being in the closet like are we and 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 i want to i want to clarify we're not specifically saying a closet is containing somebody from like an lgbt community it's any aspect of your life that you hold differently from your inner circle that you want to get out of well yeah exactly you know it's like can you imagine what it would be like 
to, let's say, have a skin condition, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's the middle of summer, it's blistering hot out, and you have to walk around wrapped up in a quilt all your life. Maybe it's not a quilt. Maybe it's just like as a guy. Like, how come you never take your shirt off at the beach? Well, no, I'm talking this impeding unacceptance from friends and family and and. Oh, you're talking others. like a metaphorical quilt. Yes. Okay. You know, you have to spend your life wrapped up in this quilt in the smeltering heat, and all you want to do is take it off and say, oh, here I am. Love me or hate me. And so many people can't do that. So many people are locked into situations because they don't want to lose friends or family or acquaintances or or in your job, and you lose your job because of whatever your belief system is. Yeah. I I guess it's really easy from the outside to, to, to look in and say, well, you know, if those people can't accept you for who you are, then they don't really matter. But the truth is that these people do matter to us. Mm-hmm. We've all got those people because we, we've all got our closet that we live in to mm-hmm. a certain degree. Right. Yeah, I, I think this is a good one to, to dive into. Let's fucking unpack this. Let's see what's what. Absolutely. And we can also look at the other side as well. On another side, you know, if you're one of those people that has these prejudices, think about this conversation and what you're doing to the people that you have those prejudices against. Well, I think I think it's two sides of the same coin, ultimately, because, yep. I mean, on, on one hand, yeah, we're all living in our own closet. But on the other hand, we're also pushing everybody we know back into their own closets when they come out. Right. You know, like if, if, if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say that, you know, as much as I crave the freedom to just be me in an atmosphere where there is acceptance and understanding mm-hmm. and I can take off my mask and I can just, ha. Huh, this is me. I don't create that environment for the people around me. Right. I, I let my own personal hangups get in the way and not necessarily just prejudices. Like maybe, maybe it's a little silly, but I mean, I, I'm really uncomfortable with people that are having like an emotional breakdown, you know, like if they're crying, they're sad right. and it's a case of, Hey, see, like, it's just like all I really need is a hug right now. It doesn't matter how much I want to be there for that person. My awkwardness with it overwhelms the whole situation. It'll be like a shitty, stiff hug that just feels cold. And it's not that I'm a cold person. Right. It just I don't know how to relate on that level. And because of that, I, I'm sure that people that come to me with these emotional needs feel like I'm telling them, you know what, it's not okay to be this way. Mm-hmm. And maybe the next time they're in that frame of mind and they're with a different person, maybe they don't ask for the hug. Maybe they don't admit that they're hurting. Right. I guess all of us probably could come up with some example or another with like how we tell people it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Now, mine is anti-socialism. I don't, because I, there's a lot of people I don't want to deal with, I don't trust. Okay. That's my big thing. I don't trust, so I don't put myself in a position where I'm around people where they would expect me to. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the kind of thing where it, it could be really difficult to people who love you mm-hmm. or even just really, really like you to feel like, you know, like, I feel like I'm on trial here. Like, why don't you trust me? Why do I have to prove myself to you? Mm-hmm. It may go beyond just feeling pushed back into the, the closet. It might cause all sorts of issues in, in as far as how they relate to you. Right. Oh, I know it does. I absolutely it does. One hundred twenty percent. But you know, we're all doing this to each other and having it done to ourselves, mm-hmm. and doing it to ourselves. Yeah, that, that's a, a good thing to, to by letting to, somebody's el- somebody else's perception alter how we act, or maybe letting our own misunderstanding or our own um, uh, uh, 
unfair, unfair assumptions of how a person might react dictate how we're going to relate. Right. Yeah, like you say, it is a carnival of reasons, and that's a great way to put it, because mm-hmm. it's a fucking gong show. It's silly, but at the same time, it's not. So what do you think? Now, I'm not saying to put this into practice, but because we're being out there and we're putting this there, what do you think you could do to start to change your awkwardness? See, that's a really great question, and it's a question, and this is this is not a cop-out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I could do to to overcome that. that and, and I realize I'm putting you on the spot. You haven't had really time to think about it. But, you know, these are the kind of questions that we as human beings have to ask ourselves. You know, I asked myself while my kids are going up, you know, I have to make sure that I'm in a proper headspace to accept them for whoever they are, to love them for whoever they are. So I educated myself. And I think that's the first step in understanding and accepting and being open-minded is education. Finding out what this is all about. Like, okay, you know what? It says in the Bible, hey, you know, if you're a homosexual, you're a sinner, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The fact is, if that person's a sinner, that's not for you to decide. If it's a religious aspect that this part is coming from, that's for your God to decide, not for you. So you don't take action. If it's a political that, you know, you don't want to come out to your parents because it's a political situation, then, you know, there's a lot of peer pressure there. There's a lot of angles that you can come out. But... The people imposing that belief there have to realize that, you know what, I love you, you're my child. There are different views out there. There's a reason there are different political parties. Let's celebrate the differences so we can more so enjoy the the commonalities. I know it's kind of a cliche thing to bring up, but it would be a very boring world if we were all the same. Right, it would be. You know, and going back to your question about, like, what could I do to sort of overcome my awkwardness... I, I don't know that addressing it directly that I that there is an effective way to deal with it, but right. in a, in a broader sense, I think maybe if I figure out how to put myself out there a little bit more than I traditionally have, mm-hmm. maybe that will inspire other people to also put themselves out there, and maybe we can just sort of like each of us just inch by inch start creating this atmosphere where we're more receptive to each other and we're more open with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, while we're, while we're having this conversation, I mean, what I'm realizing is that for 10 episodes so far now, I guess this will be like going in 11 episodes, mm-hmm. we have put ourselves out there with complete and utter strangers a, a, a little bit every show. Mm-hmm. And the the response that we've got, the feedback has been positive. We haven't had anybody turn around and say, wow, you guys are really fucked up or wow, you guys are broken and like, holy fuck, like, why don't you just go fucking, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. There hasn't been any real shittiness coming back in our direction. Right. And at the same time, like whether or not there had been any feedback, I think you and I have both gotten a lot more comfortable with just talking about our thoughts and our feelings and, and not worrying that, you know, like... It's, I think I think a fairly common insecurity for people is like, well, I'm afraid to to speak out in public because I don't want to sound stupid because I I don't really know a whole lot about the the, the topic on the table. But what right. you and I do is we figure it out with microphones in front of us. If we sound stupid at times, well, maybe not stupid, but we sound ignorant or we sound well. Sometimes we sound stupid. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, it, it's gonna happen right. because we don't always know what we're talking about. I mean, like we're just trying to figure this shit out we're having mm-hmm. conversations and we're whole... just being real yeah yeah and yeah we're not trying to present ourselves as authorities by any means <laughs> no i mean if you're looking at us in that capacity like 
I, I t- <laughs> no, we're just a couple of guys that are just, you know, trying to learn along with you. That's all it is. But yeah, I, I think maybe we should all just, you know, plug into conversation with, the, with each other a little bit more. Um, and be honest in that conversation. Yeah. And I think we we touched on it briefly in the last episode as far as, you know, like maybe instead of assuming that you know what's going on or assuming that you understand what the other person is saying, ask questions, get them not only to clarify, but also ask them and invite them to expand on their thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they will return the favor on some level. Right. And then we can all get to know each other a little bit better and, and realize that maybe that underneath all of the differences, there are a lot of similarities. We've all got a lot of the same hangups and insecurities mm-hmm. and fears and hopes and dreams and all those things. Well, and, and as awkward as somebody feels broaching a subject or an emotion, the other person probably feels just as awkward, just as guarded. And somebody has to make the first step. Yeah. It has to happen. We're doomed to screw ourselves if it doesn't. Well, it's There's so... too much hate going on right now. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, I was just going to say, it's so easy to look around and, you know, from your perspective, you could say, well, you know, you see so many people in your life that just seem to have it all together. But those people that look like they're together, they might be just as fucked up underneath the surface as you are. Or they've already gone through 30 years of counseling. How do you know? Well, and, and it's the thing. You're not going to know by guessing or assuming. That's right. You're going to know by interacting and, like, taking the time to get to know people. And it, it, it's sort of, a, it's not sort of, it is tragic right. that most of us, we, we find ourselves very fortunate if we end up having a relationship, whether it be, like, a romance or a friendship or a family member or whatever. But right. we, we consider ourselves extremely fortunate if we come across one of those unnecessarily rare relationships where we can just be ourselves all across the board not just a case of this is an authentic part of me but to to be able to say this is authentically all of me i'm lowering all of my defenses i am opening up i'm hiding nothing from you i trust you enough where i can be me without fear of well maybe not without fear I guess there's always the fear of um, I'm putting myself judgment out there or at risk of yeah judgment and ridicule absolutely. But it, it's so hard. We, we guard ourselves so closely, and in doing so, we deprive ourselves of so much meaning and depth in life. Mm-hmm. I, I hear so many people saying things that you know I've got no patience for small talk, or I don't like interacting with people. It's just it's so boring. There's just like no substance. There's no depth. But you know, with my best friend Jack or whatever the fuck the fuck named the kid jack anyways i digress <laughs> jack me off <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. but you know you talk about that 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 one special friend that like just gets you mm-hmm. and it's so meaningful and you know it, it's not like it's going to be less meaningful if there's a hundred people like that it shouldn't have to fucking stand out as something rare and and unique it should just be a case of okay like if you're important enough for me to like give any portion of my time to if you're important enough to for me to have you in my life why the fuck do i have to put the brakes on it every step of the way why can't i just say look you're important enough to me to be me Mm -hmm. with you let you see who i am well the reality is if you can't be that person who is that other person really in love with or who is that other person close friends with well, how much distance does that cause? Like, just getting in between, like, couples now. How much mm-hmm. distance does that cause between couples? 
where it's a case of like, you know, she just doesn't seem to understand me. There's another cliche. I mean, guy cheating on wife says to girlfriend, well, my wife just doesn't understand me. Mm -hmm. You know, I I can honestly say that. Did you put yourself in a position where she can? (laughs) And that's the thing. It's not her fault. My wife, like I, it's one of those things that it's like a recurring theme for me. When I get upset with her, it's not that I I tell her every time, though Mm -hmm. it has come up. You know, she says, look, I want to be here for you. I love you. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? It's not enough for you to love me. In fact, like the older I get, honestly, the more I realize that it is less important for me to have people that love me and more important for me to have people that fucking understand me. Mm -hmm. But with me placing such a high value on other people's understanding of me, I sort of put them at a disadvantage by not allowing them access to the information that would let them understand me. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking them and I'm fucking me in the by process. By holding, holding a prejudice against somebody else, we are very seriously undermining our ability to feel joy. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. want to go through fucking examples? I mean, there's so many fucking stupid examples, you know, like, oh, there's like, I don't know, just for something silly. You know, you, you'd like to see your wife dressed up in a French maid outfit, but you don't want to, like, put it out there because you're afraid she's going to think it's silly. She's going to laugh at you. So you sit there, like, punching your pud week in and week out, watching internet porn of, like, French maids or whatever the fuck, because you can't just ask for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you, you tell her, and she's like, yeah, I would like to try that too, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want you to think that I was being silly or I thought you would think I was too fat in the French maid outfit mm-hmm. or any number of things. Or or even, well, I never thought of that before. It's something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, if you're willing to really try it, I'm I'm willing. You don't know what kind of response you're gonna get. Yeah. You wanna put it on a friendship level? I mean like guys being friends with guys, that can be fucking tough, man. Mm-hmm. Um you and I I think are a little bit I don't want to say abnormal, but we're certainly not in the majority in, in the way that we relate. Right. I mean, how often can like, people go to a, like a, a buddy and say, look, man, I'm having a rough day emotionally and I just need somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe you need to have a good cry. Maybe you need to talk about your feelings. Maybe you need to put aside the macho bullshit and just like, I need a friend. Can you be my friend? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, don't punch what, me on the shoulder and tell me to get over it. Yeah, you know, don't don't say all oh, like. Well, you need us to go out and get hammered. Why don't you sit down and listen to your friend? Maybe he's fucking hurting and he just needs an ear. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, if he's having troubles with his relationship, maybe he doesn't need you to say, "Well, your wife's a fucking bitch. You can do better." Maybe he doesn't need any input at all. Maybe he just needs somebody sympathetic who can just sit there and listen and not open their mouth to other people about it. Just sit there and actually listen and give a shit. Yeah. Hey, yep. bud, do you need a hug? Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? And like, you know, ask it in such a way where your buddy knows that you're not going to call him a fag if he says, look, man, I just need you to be here for me right now. Mm -hmm. That's right. Just accept. Let people be who they are. Let people be what they are. That's the thing. That's That's the only way you can be truest to yourself is to let everybody else be who the hell they are. Because the only way you're going to be allowed to be who you are is by them being okay with who they are. So maybe the first step is just being receptive. Yep. Absolutely. Because I think, uh, well, we do have a tendency to want to judge others by 
our own standards, right? So if we know that we're not receptive, if we know that we're judgmental, if we know that we're backstabbing assholes, we're probably going to expect everybody else is guilty of the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if we are sincere, accepting, <laughs> loving, kind, um, encouraging people, I think just the same. We are more likely to think that other people are guilty of the same. Something I'd like to talk about. Okay. Can you ever have a fight that's actually good? Does a fight always have to be negative? Does it always have to hurt your situation? Or do you think there can be good, uh, helpful fighting instead of toxic fighting? Okay, I'm, I'm assuming just based on the tone of your question that we're not talking about a physical alterga- altercation, more like a quarrel. Correct. Okay. Yeah, like a verbal, a verbal fight. Um, honestly, um, I think that it can be a good thing. And I think that not not just the having of the fight being good but i think the fight itself can be good if it's if it's handled properly well you know how we've had some of the fights and and you know there have been some positive ones and some negative ones but can you recollect how we could have turned one of our negative fights into a positive i i, I think really what's happened is like drawing from the example of our friendship our relationship mm-hmm. We used to get really heated with each other, and it didn't necessarily have to be a disagreement. It could have just been um, a miscommunication. Maybe we were starting from a position where we both agreed on a certain topic, but we were communicating our points of view in ways that were incompatible with each other's understanding. Right. And that led to conflict. You know, that would be an example of handling a fight, I think, improperly. Now... Mm -hmm. Even if we disagree on something, even if it's not a case of it's a necessarily like a, a clear-cut miscommunication, we just are violently opposed to each other's point of view on a certain idea. Mm-hmm. We have learned to passionately argue our points, right. to communicate clearly, but I think what we've learned to do at the same time is to not let our emotions take the... Uh, take priority in the exchange it's 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 not that we don't get emotional it's not that things don't get heated Mm -hmm. because they certainly do oh yeah (laughs) but i'm not getting so hung up on the fact that my feelings are hurt that i'm not gonna attempt to continue the dialogue and attempt to um, understand where where you're trying to come from Mm -hmm. and um I, i think a good fight is one where maybe both parties are emotionally charged, but they're still maintaining their uh, cognitive presence. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I'm not going to get irrational because I know where that's going to lead. Right. We don't, I, I think really at the end of the day, we have to decide what is the priority of this exchange. If the priority is I want to take a dig at you and see you emotionally react, then the dialogue is really kind of irrelevant the dialogue is just a tool to get you charged up but if the point of the exchange is to even if we're not entering in to listen we're just entering in to speak to express ourselves that emotion can fuel um can fuel the dialogue or even the monologue Mm -hmm. especially for somebody who's typically fairly insecure and maybe doesn't know how to get their words out when they're calm 
they need the confidence that a little bit of anger or a little bit of hostility affords them. So, like, what about, like, making rules before you argue? There has to be a way that we can come up with, you know what, okay, we need to argue, so I work for the next hour. You're going to be able to spout off and say anything you want to. I'm going to be able to spout off and say anything I want to. And in the end, it will be us putting our shit out there angrily to after the hour, take some time, let it go, dispel the next day, revisit it, and talk about the shit that came up. I don't know if necessarily spelling it out like that works for everybody. Right. Like for for you and I, we've never had to sit down and say, okay, well, these are the rules of engagement. So like we're going to have like an hour consequence-free time where we can just say whatever the fuck we want. We're going to fuck you hour. You know, but we, we've sort of learned where, I, I guess with you and I, it's a bad example maybe for most people because mm-hmm. we're not going to get butt hurt at any point anyways. Right. So we don't need to have that hour consequence free. We've learned to sort of like just roll with each other. But there are, there are people out there that are not as refined in their relationship as you and I are. Yeah, that's sort of why I sort of caught myself. I, I don't, I, I know I come off a little stuttery and stammery here, but it's, I'm trying to make sense of this as we go. Right. Um, if, if I want to think like in context, like I, I'm not going to give away any details of any dialogues between my wife and I, because mm-hmm. I have to sleep with the woman and I like not sleeping on the couch, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's an ongoing challenge trying to figure out how to argue without it getting ugly and without it being ineffective. Right. Um, I, I can see how there, there would be some value in what you're suggesting and just laying out some ground rules. I mean, like I say, not everybody is responsive to that. It doesn't work for everybody, but I think everybody can come up with some version of that that does right. work for them. Yeah, it's just an alternative, not the all, be all, end all alternative. You're not the ultimate authority on the subject. Well, I'm. I'm open to the fact that some other people might have a wrong opinion to counter my right opinion. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I guess you you could agree with them, but then everybody would be wrong. Right, <laughs> which I'm okay with. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. Where do you land on this? Like, do you think there's a, a good way or a bad, or sorry, a good fight that you can have? Or, um, well, again, it depends on the context. It depends on, on the individuals. I do believe that, um, for instance, a wrestling fight or argument can be beneficial as long as you know where the lines are. I think that a blow up of words set in the right dynamics can help. Countless situations, you just have to use your personality and take into the other take into account the other person's personality and allow that time to to uh, spout, and then later on recount and 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 reexamine situations that came up because some of what comes out is going to be true, and some of what's going to come out come up has, is going to be bullshit, and there has to be allowances for both. So yes, I do think there can be such a thing as a good fight. But I also think there has to be an understanding. Communication is key. Like any other kind of relationship, communication is key. Making sure that you say, this is where I am, this is where I am, this is where I am, and this is what my boundary is going to be. And allow the other person the same thing. So when you're going and when they're going, you guys totally understand that there's logical truth and there's illogical fallacies and everything in between. And when somebody says, that was said just purely out of anger to vent, it has to be accepted as that. Don't read into it and say, hey, there's this, hey, there's that, hey, there's this, hey, there's that. Okay, so you were saying like those things that come up like where it's a case of, and I'm not saying this is the case, but hypothetically speaking, say your girlfriend says to you, well, you're an asshole, you never blah, blah, blah. 
mm-hmm. which you know the asshole part maybe it's true maybe it's not but the you never blah 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 or the you always blah 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 you you know it's bullshit so you're saying mm-hmm. like let her do it or let him do it whoever the partner is so the like these sort of like these shitty things that we throw at each other or spew at each other during an argument like these are just a vehicle that are going to carry the useful truth or or no it may be just to get rid of frustration that may just be a vehicle to get rid of some frustration okay no, not that makes sense. Actually, it's almost like you're releasing a pressure valve. Like it's like I don't hate my partner, but maybe I need to tell her that I hate her because of some irrational subconscious thing. Or just that's let going each other go off. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be an hour. I was just using that off as a number off the top of my head. But even if it's for ten minutes, I would love to have an hour just to talk shit to my wife in a consequence-free atmosphere and let her talk shit to you. No, I don't like that part. Well, too fucking bad. <laughs> Give and take, motherfucker. <laughs> How about if I take an hour and give her five minutes? Is that fair? You're a, you're a bigger dick than I thought you were, and I don't mean that little pubic hair. No, you you you've you're seen me you've seen me pee. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think all those ideas are fantastic. But remember, allow yourself to be your own vehicle and allow the other person to be theirs. Just do it with an open mind. Well, I guess it shouldn't really be that hard to figure out, like that you're like whoever you're arguing with or fighting with, however you want to word it. It shouldn't be hard to figure out that they don't mean everything that they say, mm-hmm. because all you have to do is draw from your own experience. You know, you're saying some things that are just downright shitty things that maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even want to say that you, you're sorry for saying, because like you're, I'm honestly rarely sorry for saying things that are really hurtful and shitty. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have gotten away with them is, is more likely. <laughs> But ultimately, I'm not sorry because I didn't mean anything by it. I just needed to spout. Right. So if I can understand that I'm just spouting and I'm ultimately full of shit, that maybe my partner's just spouting and she's full of shit too. Right, but you don't pick on anything. You're just, she spouts for two minutes, you spout for two minutes. She spouts for two minutes, you spout for two minutes. And try to regiment it somehow. But you can't pick on what each other says right then and there. Just let it be. Let it float out. Let it get off your chest and be whatever it's going to be and then discuss it later when you're at, when you're in a calm situation. No, I think that's fair enough. More of us should try it. Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, their employees, or its entertainers are in no way comparable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you as a human being cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you in your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. Send your opinions, hate mail, boob pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at missionarypod and like us on Facebook at missionarypositionpodcast. If you are so inclined to help this broadcast get better, or just wish to help out, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash missionarypod. 